now based on your research, let us uh, go through some questions so you can educate us. Why is music important and why do we like it so much? The whole why is music important question, I think I've had to be trying to answer this for basically my entire career, which has been <laughs> 10 years now, I guess, since I started grad school. Um, especially from the scientific community, when I first started doing this work, I got a lot of pushback, like, why are you even studying this? What's the point of studying music? Which was always a really bizarre question to me because I'm like, well, you listen to music, don't you? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I'm sure you do. It, I, it's just like a, you know, it, it's interesting to me because it's a very ubiquitous behavior, first of all. Just because something's ubiquitous doesn't necessarily mean it's worth studying, though. Um, but the interesting part to me is that not only is it ubiquitous, but it's like something that most people really, really, really love. Like people hold it very dear, aside from the people who have musical anhedonia. Um, and it's something that, yeah, it's it's an aspect of our behavior and our, of our everyday lives. And it's something that people really enjoy. And I think we should understand more about, you know, how it influences our behaviors, how it influences our thoughts, how it influences our emotions, um, because it is something that, that we do a lot of and spend a lot of time listening to. So that's why I think it's important to study. Um, why we like it so much is a harder question to answer. I don't really have a good answer um, for that. It's something that I think a lot of us who study music cognition are interested in answering, um, but I don't really have a, have a good answer to that. Um, there's, there's many, I think, I don't think there's a single answer either. Um, I think, you know, music can remind us of good times from our past. So that might be one reason you like it. Like uh, sometimes I hear songs that were popular when I was in high school and I didn't even like the song then, but now I like it now because it reminds me of, of mm -hmm. those good memories. So that's one reason I don't even like the music particularly, but I like the music because it, of the things that reminds the memories me. and association that brings so, you back. Mm. Exactly. So that's like one reason that I like music, but that's not the only reason. There's lots of other ways that music, you know, we can think it, it evokes emotions in us. It makes me feel good. It makes me, you know, um, it sounds interesting or beautiful. So there's these different kind of mechanisms by which music can evoke pleasure or why we like it. And so I don't think there's a unifying answer really. Then I'm interested to know, how does our brain make the decision of our taste in music? And there I need to say that my, my, my previous podcast was with my professor, uh, Sven Olof Danfeld, and he's like, I love to listen to hard rock music when I do research. And I'm like, I don't ever want to put it on and we were like it's so interesting how we can like you know different taste of music yeah this is something also that I'm interested in too and I don't again I don't think I'm gonna have definitive answer for any of your questions because these are like very high level questions yeah, yeah, super not. interesting um I think it has something to do with you know exposure I think there's like probably some kind of critical periods for I mean maybe not going that far as critical periods but there's like times in your life where like if you're exposed to this certain types of music during your like late childhood or whatever that you're gonna kind of develop a preference for those types of music people tend to form their musical tastes during that late childhood or adolescence early adulthood like those kind of formative years when you're developing your sense of self and um those self-image types of things that music can be very associated with 
your sense of self and who you are and who you are friends with and your cliques and that kind of stuff. So I think part of it is that like exposure during a certain time window of your life. Um, there's probably also personality associations, I think. I was going like, to say that, yeah. Certain personality types are more likely, I think, to like certain types of music than others. I'm not a personality researcher, so I don't want to make strong claims about that, but I think there's some work on that personality with musical taste. Um, so yeah, I think those two things are kind of important contributors to how you develop taste, but I think there's a, really a lot that we don't understand about that yet. Why does a song have the ability to evoke the feeling uh, of chills down our spine? So there's something we haven't really talked about yet, which is the idea of musical expectancy. Um, and so there's been a lot of work in this area and a lot of people have, you know, since the, the 50s, uh, people in music theory are kind of talking about how uh, expectancies influence our emotional responses to music. So, you know, in hearing like Western music, we've all absorbed the kind of structure of the music that there's certain patterns that tend to happen in, in, a, in a musical key, you tend to hear the same, you know, notes that there's this pattern of the way music is structured in our music system. And even if you're not a musical expert, you learn those kind of statistical regularities of the musical system. And so, you know, musical artists and composers can kind of play with these expectations by either, you know, setting, they can set up a context in which we'd say expect to hear a C major chord or something. And then they can either give us what we expect or give us something different or something very different. Um, and so it seems to be kind of like a balance between, you know, confirming and, and disconfirming these expectations that leads to this enjoyment of music, or at least that's one contributor. Um, why, in terms of why does the song have an ability to evoke chills? I think it's probably a combination of the kind of musical structure, like people have looked into, I think like a, a crescendo is often associated with the feeling of chills. So I think there's parts of it that are related to like this expectation or this musical structure. But I also think there's other parts that are more idiosyncratic to the individual person, because I don't think people have really found certain pieces that are like, this will always evoke a chill in any listener. I think it also sometimes has to do with like the memory. I mean, for me, for me, I'm always like, yeah, a lot of it has to do with memories, but I think it does. Like, I think you know, what's, what's interesting to me is how can you, why does the same song always evoke chills for me, even if I know what's happening? It's not just like an expectation, you know, violation, because I know what's going to happen, but maybe it's because I associate it with like this nostalgic time in my life, and then it gives me these like good feelings. So I think it's a combination of, of personal factors and factors in the music itself. And, and here you're talking about it, it really proved the power of, 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 of sound in a human being. What would you then say is the, the reason why then brands have neglected it a little bit in the environment of being an important element? I don't know. Yeah, the whole why do brands ignore it thing, I think it's maybe just a symptom of our, you know, reliance on vision as our primary sense of navigating the world. Uh, even in my own field too, I think there's a lot more research or the visual system, I would say is probably better characterized or there's more people working on vision than on other, and then on other sensory systems. 
Um, and I think that's probably because it's, I don't know, I don't want to say it's like easier or anything, but I think it's people see vision as being our dominant sense as, as humans. And I think that's partially, that's probably partially explains why the other senses have been ignored relative to vision as a sense. It can also be that that it's easier for us to explain why we like something visually rather than, than the emotions that we feel. And a lot of uh, people are maybe grown up in terms of like, don't feel so much. So we don't really know how to express the feeling we feel mm -hmm. when we listen to that song. There's not words yeah. enough to explain. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's right. I was talking to some students the other day about how like some of the words we use, like uh, talking about imagery, like like visualize or even like the word visualize you can imagine a, a picture in your head and you can do that with sound but we don't have a word like visualize the sound like we would have to say visualize the sound but visualize doesn't make sense when you're talking about sound but we don't have a word that we don't say like auditorialize or something so we don't have a word to describe that auditory imagery in the same way we do just say imagery like means visual imagery so I think that's kind of like your point that you don't even have the words to describe it. <laughs> and how do you measure it? How do you measure yeah. that, that high that people feel when they're listening to it? Mm -hmm.